LinkedIn, we are going to fire up your Monday. With Steve Spiro, the Master Connector. I am Steve Spiro, the Master Connector. Over the next hour of this Master Connection series, we will take a deep dive into the different ways to connect and network effectively. See us and hear us right now. So LinkedIn, we are on here. We're getting ready. Hear from experts along with Steve Spiro, who went from being shy and introverted to the Master Connector. This is it. This is it. Here we go. LinkedIn Live Master Connection Series. We're going to talk about moving forward in the new normal. We want to know where you're viewing from. We want to know where you're tuning in from. So post that in the chat right now. If you're watching this on the replay, hashtag replay. We'll mention that again. Uh, We love everybody that tunes into the show. So we want to hear uh, all about you, where you're tuning in from, and what challenges you're having in this new normal. We have a lot of fun with our expert guests here, but we really appreciate you. So we want you to like, share, shout out your city and state. We want your questions. We want your comments. Make sure that you are asking those specific questions. The more specific your questions, the more that we can help you. And here we go. I'm going to introduce Mr. Steve Spiro, our master connector. Steve Spiro is a martial arts black belt and a master networker. He's moved from being a shy, introverted kid to the master connector he is today. Steve Spiro began his business career starting his first company. It was an advertising company in NYC. He had an incredibly fulfilling career in advertising and marketing, but eventually pivoted to the technology industry. Today, he is a certified customer communications consultant with Quadient, where he consults and mentors companies to help them find more effective ways to connect with their customers. Steve Spiro believes in the power of mentorship, growing oneself through self-development and continuing to create meaningful connections through building a large network. Welcome to the stage of the master connector himself, Steve Spiro. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, Cameron, the the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, as I always like to call you. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. So, hey, folks, Steve Spiro, the Master Connector, uh, coming at you here live and direct. Cameron and I really appreciate you tuning in. We are here now every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We come at you with engaging content on how you, too, can be a Master Connector. During this Master Connection series, each week our goal is to gather subject matter experts, as you'll see shortly, to impart their wisdom on us. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm very blessed, as I said, to have my my co-host Cameron here. Uh, Cameron is the founder of BizDev Live. Cameron founded Toth Event Staffing in 2011. Toth Event Staffing is a hospitality company providing staffing uh, for catering, caterers, cafeterias, and catering departments in Westchester, New York City, and uh, New York. BizDev Live was founded in 2020 with interviews starting back up again in mid-September. BizDev Live takes Cameron's entrepreneurship experience and combines it with his passion for helping young people and business-minded professionals. Cameron Toast's mission in life 
is increasing access to education and opportunity for all people. So please bring back to the stage my man, the co-host and good friend, uh, master of, of disaster here, Mr. Cameron Toad. Thank you so much, Steve. Appreciate that. So we got all of our folks checking in. Timothy Colson checking in. Claudia, thank you for checking in with the show today. Claudia Parisi from Western Suffolk, New York. Linda Bustamante Padron checking in from Columbia, Tennessee. We appreciate you. And it wouldn't be a good show if we didn't have Mama Spiro checking in. Would not miss this coming in from Poughkeepsie. We got Tim in Pennsylvania. Oh, man. All right. So we, we got an excellent show for you, and I can't wait to jump into this. So we're going to get into our guests. I'm going in alphabetical order. We're going to start with our man Dylan here. Uh, get my my buttons all pushed, and here we go, Mr. Dylan Del Rosso. Now, I, I should have asked everybody's their name, so hopefully they'll correct me as I'm going through here if I get it wrong. As a full-time connector, seeks. Dylan seeks to provide you with opportunities to develop genuine relationships with movers and shakers that you'd otherwise struggle to get in touch with. As a VP in sales with SGG Advertising and PR, he provides a full menu of advertising and marketing services, including creative design, any and all advertising campaigns, PR services, recruitment, advertising. He is the host of Connecting the Dots with Del Rowe, co-founder of PeakBot, co-founder of Can Advertising. He'll tell us a little bit more about that. Please say hello to our audience, Mr. Del and also. Cameron, Steve, thanks so much for having me. This is so cool. I'm excited to join the panelists today and discuss uh, just a little bit of everything, of course, with this new normal, but very excited to be here, uh, share my story with all of you and um, learn from everybody. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. We're going to fly on over to Miss Jan Mercer Downs. Well, I just want to shout out Jeremy Steinman in the comments, who is chanting away, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. There we go. <laughs> Jan Mercer Downs. Jan, Mer Jan Mercer Downs enjoys a 20 plus year career spanning strategic advisory, marketing, and communications and go to market launches. Jan was the vice president of Mesha Group, a social experiment experiential digital media company and a visional CEO of a fintech company dedicated to environmental, social, and governments, ESG, and socially responsible investing, SRI. Also an entrepreneur, Jan founded SWIG, a management consulting agency in six figures, a networking platform for highly accomplished women. She previously served as CFO at International Planned Parenthood and in senior management roles at early stage technology companies, Teach for America, Girl Scouts, and Medicis Pharmaceutical. And Academically trained sociologist Jan is expert on critical race and feminist theory, particularly at the intersectionality of healthcare policy, class, and race. Professional speaker, trainer, and avid networker, Jan was named to WeWork's top 40 over 40 entrepreneurs. Please welcome to the stage the amazing Jane Mercer Dams. Welcome to the show, Jan. You know, I, I realize that when I when I tell people that I was named to WeWork's top 40 over 40, I'm revealing my age a bit. <laughs> but it's Great to be here. Thank you so much for hosting. I can't wait for the conversation. Love it. We're going over to Miss Teresa Rume. Did I say that right, Teresa? Teresa Rume? Riom. Real. Real. Thank you. I, I, was, I was hitting myself on the head for not going through that with everybody here. Here we go. Teresa Riom is the owner of Successful Image Client Relations Management located in Tecumseh, I, I, I searched this up too last week and now I've, go, I've, I've lost it. How do you say it? Tecumseh? Tecumseh. Tecumseh, 
Ontario, Canada. Successful Image has been helping businesses build relationships since 1999 with their personalized client relations management system and have clients across Canada. Successful Image designs relationship building cards, invitations, and communications for their clients, everything from birthday cards, anniversary cards, Christmas cards, and newsletters. They're all custom designed to help build brand, custom relationships, and increase retention and referrals. Teresa received the Woman of the Year Award through LEA, Ladies Exclusive Alliance, for professionalism, mentoring, and communicate, community involvement. She was also a finalist for Entrepreneur of the Year through the Chamber of Commerce Business Excellence Award. She has been fundraising for Transition to Betterness for 10 years and has helped to raise over 500000 to refurbish palliative care rooms at Windsor Regional Hospital. Teresa volunteers at the Hospice of Windsor residential home, working with patients and families. She also acts as their public relationships relations ambassador and speaks on why she volunteers for hospice and helping them to recruit new volunteers. And she's a part of the hospice volunteer advisory committee. She has been a part of the foundation board at Hotel Du Grace Hospital in the past and also volunteers for the Canadian Cancer Society. She is presently involved with a networking organization by the name of Windsor Exit Refers and acts as past president mentor as well as sits on the membership committee. Teresa did a TED Talk in 2018 on networking for success and has spoken at Rotary Business Network International, St. Clair College, University of Windsor, We Refer, and many other organizations on networking. Please welcome to the show, the amazing Teresa May. Wow, you make me sound amazing. I need to shorten that up a little bit though. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stephen Cameron. I'm really excited to be here and the energy is off the charts. Thank you. Beautiful, and, and, and Steve is saying in the chat here uh, that your TEDx was awesome. So everybody, please go and check that out. You can find it on the YouTube if you search for Teresa Romain. Uh, we wanna get into it. We have some questions we're gonna launch into and Steve is gonna get us started off. What has been the good and bad thing that has emerged for you during the last 16 months? And as you all ruminate on that for a moment, just wanna shout out our audience here uh, as we've been talking along here and doing intros. We have Teresa Etherly checking in. What's good? We wanna know where you're tuning in from. Let us know, Teresa. Corey Foster checking in. Christopher Brana. Hello, everyone. Glad to join. King Chow, the woman that needs no introduction. There you go. Steve Spiro checking in in the comments as well. We appreciate Steve Spiro always doing double duty here, the master connector himself. Uh, we have Coach uh, Lovaton in the house. And Claudia saying, thank you for the invite, Jan. Always great to see you. All right, so please, we love your comments. We want to know how you're doing in this new normal. I was posting just before we got into this. Uh, I'm a little bit scared. I try not to think about it too much, but I'm a little bit about scared with the new normal. Uh, we have fun, crazy news. There's always bad news in the news, but uh, the, the last couple of years have been very challenging because I think there's not anybody that the news hasn't affected. Not only do we have the Delta variant now uh, after a very long transition through this pandemic, uh, but we have things like climate change that are affecting people in ways um, you know, we, we knew it was coming. We've been hearing about it, but, you know, we're, we're feeling the effects all over the place. This is the world that we live in. This is the, the new normal. So what has been the last, uh, what's been the good and the bad of, of the last 16 months as we've all had to kind of work from home and uh, deal with uh, this stuff? What have you learned? What have you 
taken away that's been great, what, is, what has been <laughs> the total suck fest, and then we'll kind of move uh, into uh, how we actually move forward in this new normal. Steve, please get us started off, and then for my expert panelists, let me know uh, in the chat if you want to jump in next. Go ahead, Steve. I got to say first, I, I am super humbled and, and like I feel like a little peon and, and you know, to the uh, all the great, amazing panelists we have on today. Uh, and uh, it's it's going to be an exciting show. So, yeah, um, to talk about the new normal, right, and talk about kind of, you know, how this last 16, 18 months have been, you know, certainly I've had some, we've had some close calls with people in our life. Um, COVID has definitely uh, affected a lot of a lot of people, and and, and I, I, I feel bad. Uh, my, my sympathies go out. My, my condolences go out. I know we've had a lot of, not us personally, but people we know of that have lost uh, family and friends, and, and so certainly don't want to sound in any way unsympathetic to that uh, because I am. And, you know, a good friend of mine, super close friend of mine, um, who is a beast of a man. He's, he's like super good shape. He's, a, he's strong, but he got hit really hard uh, from COVID. So I know it's there and exists, but, um, but I think what it's done, and I'll just speak for me personally. Um, number one, it's given us, it's given me an opportunity to really appreciate the environment that I'm around. I don't know about you all folks, but I, you know, I feel like we were, we were running around, like running here, running here. And we live in an amazing spot on the water in Stanford. And I didn't really, I gotta say, I didn't appreciate it. I, I mean, I did, but I didn't, you know, like, so now I'm, I'm sitting outside, I'm viewing, admiring the view, we're taking walks, going to the beach often, just appreciating the environment that we have and what we have physically around us. I, it's given me an opportunity to really dig deep on my morning practices. I'm not rushing off, right? A lot of times when we we're do, doing things where you had to be in the office, right? You're rushing off here, rushing off there. And I think there's just a sense of a little bit more of a peace and a sense of when we're not, you know, rushing, okay? And, and appreciating things. And then I think also people around us, I don't know about you guys, but I feel much more connected now than ever with people in, in our life and, and people, uh, whether it be um, family and friends where, you know, you would, you would try to get on a phone, you know, try to try to get a arrange a get together for, for coffee or lunch or or you know, have them come over. And, and, you know, it would take, you know, two years before you get put something on the calendar. That's how complicated it was. Now you just jump on a Zoom call or a phone call and you're able to kind of connect with people. And granted, it's not quite the same as being in person but I feel way more connected now than ever before. And of course, leveraging things like LinkedIn and, uh, and you know, utilizing Zoom for networking, I feel way more connected as, as than ever before, believe it or not. And then from a technology standpoint, and I think we'll probably, some of the other panelists will talk more about this. It's really allowed things to move forward and push things forward. Things that I think companies were maybe resistant to. I knew, you know, the whole work remote thing uh, who knows if that would, would have ever happened or if it would have, it may have been five or 10 or 20 years from now, but it pushed it forward. And, and now companies are more acceptable and, you know, and now they're looking at, you know, kind of a hybrid workspace and, and uh, you know, Cameron, you touched on, you know, uh, you know, global warming and, and climate and so forth, right? Well, from what I understand, there's a lot more, uh, you know, the, 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 and I don't, I'm not a technical guy, but I know that there's less pollution, there's less, uh, heat being uh, emanated because less people on the road, at least it was, especially in the heart of the pandemic. So, you know, hopefully that'll affect things too, right? So there's there's been a lot of good that has that has accomplished, that's happened through through this pandemic. And, and in general, I just feel very optimistic that we're in a good place and positioned and poised really to be able to uh, really uh, do a lot of great things. And by the way, I, you know, before I let everyone speak, I was doing Zoom 
well before Zoom was cool, right? Um, and so taking the transition over was not a was not was was not that hard for me. Um, you know, and and so now, you know, like my mom, my mom, Diane Lightspear on the call here. She's on Zoom. Like I like it would have never happened before, right? She was she was not really comfortable with technology. Now she's not on Zoom, she's on LinkedIn, she's watching the show. I'm so proud of my mom, but that's not just my mom. That's you know, people that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s that are embracing technology because of this new normal that weren't before. Grandmas and grandpas, they're on iPads doing FaceTime and, and Zoom, right? That, that wouldn't have happened before. And they were kind of forced to, but because of that, now there's that, ca that capability. So I think there's been a lot of great things that have, that have happened as a result of COVID, unfortunately. I love that, Steve. I, I think I think that's so right. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear some different themes. Love to hear from the audience what you guys think. What you what have you loved over the last 16 months? What, I mean, we know we know we we all share some of the challenges, but what have you loved? What's been some of the takeaways that that have really been the good things that have come out of it? Dylan, jump in here. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Cameron. And, and, and Steve, I totally agree with a lot of the things you were saying um, to quickly touch. You know, you asked like some of the good and the bad. Um, you know, to start with the bad, you know, I, I left a dream job uh, in this pandemic. Uh, I was working with the New York Jets as a manager of premium partnerships, selling their luxury suites until there were no suites to sell overnight. Right. So, um, I, you know, having studied sport management and gone to school for it and having a successful career in ticket sales for, uh, you know, four years or so, um, I had reached where not the. I didn't have the dream job. I would have continued to grow, of course, but I was really happy with all the opportunities I had until, you know, the pandemic hits, right? No more sweets to sell. And so I was kind of um, forced to really reflect a lot, uh, a lot of self-reflection. And I'm sure that's what everybody else would agree with as well. And, um, you know, to kind of shift to the better side of things outside of like having to leave sports in a way. Um, I've been busy. I got married uh, to my beautiful wife, Becky, this uh, in this pandemic. I bought a house in New Jersey. That could probably go on the list of good and bad things, uh, as you guys can relate. <laughs> um, but, you know, as you guys had mentioned already, um, it's appreciating the little things, right? Obviously, we've all had friends and family who've been affected by the virus and everything else. And, um, you know, it, life's short. Right. And I kind of recognize that. And, um, you know, at the same time, uh, it's there's endless amounts of opportunity right now. Uh, so it's really interesting as far as wanting to appreciate the family time and everything like that. But also at the same time, business is booming right now. Uh, we're in this new normal. Right. Everybody's like, OK, we're finally here now. So a couple of things, I, you know, I was able to recognize my true strength uh, being this connector. Uh, some people don't really like the word. Some some love it, whatever. Um, but, you know, I try and tell people, give me 30 minutes and I'll explain it to you. Um, so I wanted to find a career that was going to allow me to do this um, full time. And uh, I was fortunate back in October to find that in advertising with my agency, SCG. And so um, the last thing really uh, that kind of uh, I would say a good thing that came out of the pandemic is um, I've completely changed my sales strategy, right? Being in corporate America, right? In the jets, trying to sling suites left and right. Um, and my sales, pro you know, it was a yes or a no. They wanted it or they didn't. Uh, and, and once I had nothing to sell overnight, 
I kind of was like, okay, well, tell me about you. Tell me about your business. Who do you need to meet? Let me tell me about, you know, little Tommy's baseball game, right? Everybody's heard me say that line. But what I recognize is if I can go out here with a give first mentality um, and, and just do favors for people without asking for anything in return, well, they're quickly going to find their way back on my calendar. And the nice thing is it's, begot- it's gotten easier to, you know, maybe get in a CEO's living room out in Los Angeles from cold North Jersey here. So yeah, it's been a big balance of good and bad, but a lot of opportunities. I love that. I love that, Dylan. I, I want to encourage the audience here. Keep We want some of these answers. What good has come from the pandemic? Uh, I know we're going to hit some familiar themes. Maybe you have the same answer as somebody else. We want to hear it uh, because uh, there's strength in numbers. Uh, there was a lot of people that really enjoyed something. We want to hear it. Um, if you want to talk about some of the, the challenges, we, we're, we're here for that as well. Uh, we love to stay positive, but we understand the positive doesn't, there is no light without the dark, right? So we understand that. So let us know what's been going on. Uh, we want to hear about it because we are in a new normal and that's what we're trying to move forward in. And you can't move forward if you don't deal with the past. We want to hear what's been going good, what's been going bad, what's what's been the challenges. We want to hear it. Uh, Miss, Miss Jan Mercer-Doms, please jump in here. I have to say, I love seeing where everyone is from, from around the country, if not around the world. This is really very inspiring. And I can't wait to see what everyone comments on, because we're all kind of going through this at different moments and different times, too. I live in Westchester County in New York, and we were hit, we were ground zero in a way for all things related to COVID here in the U.S. And so we went under lockdown probably far earlier than many of you participating with us here today. And so... For me, it's been really interesting because I echo what Dylan and what Steve said as well, is that I feel like there's been a lot of good that's come from this time because you really do see the strength of the human spirit and the ability for people to really pull together and be kind to each other in a way that I don't think that I've seen for quite a long time. I think one of our challenges now is to really remember what we all experienced together as a collective in the early days of the pandemic and really inspire ourselves and our family members and our communities to, to hold true to the, the strength that we were able to um, you know, pull together in a way that I think really inspires now as we move forward in the sense of how we work together as teams and as leaders to really think through teams and collaborations and synergies differently. At Mayshad, we produce three different episodic um, original content series around diversity, equity, inclusion, around women and money, and then um, around psychological, like how do you stay sane during this crazy time period? And for me, that was a blessing because it really enabled me to stay and remain very close to my network in a period of time where we're all very socially distanced and isolated from each other. And so that was a really interesting way, both professionally and personally, to keep up to date and caught up with people that I found to be really very interesting and really near and dear to my heart. And it was, you know, in a way it was inspiring, but it was also heartbreaking because let's face it, like the last year and a half has been really tough. And so I think that for me, it's been a balance of finding joys and everyday pleasures and taking the time to be able to look at the world in a different way. For me, a blessing was I didn't have to commute three hours into the city anymore and I'm still working from home. And so that's definitely been a blessing in the sense of how I thought about like, how in the past was I spending my time? Who was I spending my time with? And what was I spending money on? And really questioning a lot of those, um, a lot of the values that I thought were very important to me in the past, but using this sort of new framework and new mindset of really being very appreciative for what you have and for the day-to-day. Dylan, congratulations on your wedding. Um, I too got married. I got married in 2019. And it was really interesting because now in hindsight, we 
feel like we were preparing for COVID. We left the city, we sold a condo, I moved out of my apartment, we got married, we bought a house, all within a six month time period. And for me, it's, you know, being able to go to the city when I need to go to the city, but then also being really flexible with how I think about remote work now. And I think for, for many of us that run companies and are leaders or managers or, you know, thinking about launching our own companies, that hybrid workplace is going to be really important and critical to how we think about like, what does it mean to be, to feel like you're a part of something, to feel like you have that sense of belonging and companies are really thinking through that differently now, which I really very much appreciate. Um, and for me, it's just, you know, being able to exercise any moment in the time that I want to and having more of a flexible schedule and being really appreciative for um, using that time to think through who do I want to have in my life? Who's serving what purpose? And um, weeding out some energy vampires, maybe, I guess you can say, <laughs> in the sense of really, truly wanting to be around people that really, you know, even though, yes, we all know that it's been very difficult, but are thinking through different ways to become even more positive in how we approach the future and, and have that spirit of hope. And I think that, you know, it's very, very different. This is apples and oranges comparison to what we were experiencing in 2007, 2008 with the global financial collapse and what rose from those ashes, like the sharing economy, for example. So for companies like we work and um, rent the runway and Lyft and Via and getting all those car sharing companies. And, you know, we became more of a sharing economy and there are a lot of benefits to that. And I think it's going to be interesting now to see like, where is that white space? Where's the opportunity? And what's the next round of unicorns that's going to spring up to really help us think through how to live happier, healthier, more productive lives. I love it. We're getting some really great uh, comments in the chat and I want to highlight some of those as well. Uh, you know, talking about some of the negative things. We were talking about positive things, but Vicki Thomas says more women than men lost their job during COVID. Over 4 million women started a new business from consulting to helping pods of kids study to online exercise programs. Uh, when you were talking about uh, exercise, Jan, I know for me, that was a big game changer. Uh, even though I work from home before the pandemic, just having some time. Uh, Chris Dutra talked about time with family. I definitely was spending more time with family. Uh, the good was six months with both of my sons back under my roof that I probably would have never had. Uh, I know I talked to a lot of people during the pandemic and they talked about the time with their family uh, was so meaningful. And that was such good that came out of uh, a time where whole lot of stuff was shaken up, but people got to spend more time with family. Vicki also said in terms of good, many individuals have discovered a new purpose in life, doing what matters and makes a difference in the lives of others. Uh, I think we're going to hear that time and time again. Uh, keep those comments coming. We we love, love, love uh, hearing them. Um, you know, Ted Moore says, uh, Steve Spear, absolutely but glad to be here. Times are definitely changes, either adapt or get lost in the shuffle. And I think that's very, very true. We got Claudia checking in for sure. It's been really hard, but it also made us so much closer to our loved ones and made us appreciate the good times and the bad ones. We have learned from it, learn what we have good and bad at, right? Uh, so, so beautiful. Thank you so much for getting in here and participating. Debbie Payne, look at the blessings and reevaluating re our life. Love this. Love you, relate, Teresa. I know um, you want to jump in. Go ahead. Sure. First of all, congrats to Dylan and to Jan. That's wonderful news. Um, staying on the positive, uh, yeah, I think people really just um, 
became more appreciative of a simple thing like going to the show, you know, and uh, going out for dinner and things like that. And uh, who you're seeing and who you're spending your time with really became um, a little more, became a little more picky with, because you appreciate it. You appreciate them. You miss your family, your friends, your business associates, um, networking. I know I miss networking. I do a lot of it and I really miss the face to face. Um, and also one positive I found was, for example, I think Dylan touched on this, getting in touch with a CEO was a little bit easier because they weren't as busy and they were around and you actually were able to get them on the phone. And uh, that was awesome. And I know for us, we gained some business that I don't think we really would have gained had it not been for the pandemic. So um, I think that uh, we've learned to appreciate the things around us, the people and the, and the, and the things in our lives, their circumstances in our lives much more so. Thank you. I love that too. I mean, the 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 ease of which, right? Because people weren't taking vacations. They weren't in the middle, <laughs> right? They weren't on a plane, you know, 20, 30, 40% of their time. People were much more accessible or they weren't, right? I had one, you know, from, from the staffing side of it, I had a guy that totally disappeared. And I basically assumed that, they were dead, you know, or, or, or something, you know, similarly life change, you know, they moved and they just weren't ever going to come back. And so they cut ties. Like I just, that, that was the way it was. Right. And uh, finally, after a long, you know, 15 months passed, he gives me calls up. Yeah. I've just been busy with family. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm glad you're alive. I'm so glad you're alive. But, you know, one of, one of my, one of my top uh, captains and, and waiters and bartenders is just uh <laughs> So good to hear from them. So that was that was a joyful reunion after a long time. So I know it affected people so much differently. There was family going on. So you had you had these extremely positive things of time and family. You had these other negative things that were just obviously it was the whole reason why things were they were they were. All right. So I want to jump into this next question here, and uh, my audience uh, viewing along with us, we really appreciate. Keep the comments rolling in. Um, we got some folks bigging up Teresa as well. Heidi saying Teresa Ruman is the best networker. Uh, Sheiks as well said Teresa. Right, folks uh, checking in here. Thank you so much for the comments. We want to keep this going. How have you pivoted to thrive? in this new normal. And and as I ask this question, and, and I know Steve will jump jump right into this, but as I ask this question, because we're talking about moving forward in this new normal, what are the things that you like you've changed and you're not going to change back, right? What are those things that, you know, you've now, this is, this is, you moved on to something you've, you've pivoted to, to deal with this. And you said, this is a better way. Steve, get us started. Absolutely. It's a great stuff so far. Um, I, I'd say there's a few things. Number one, I'll talk about networking. Um, prior to COVID, a lot of my networking was more localized, more regionalized for the most part. Uh, and I was, you know, very quick to grab a coffee with somebody. And I still don't mind getting back to coffee with people again. I've done a few since the, you know, things got a little bit eased off and who knows what's going to happen again soon as the variant happens. But um, but yeah, so now it's been a lot more Zoom. And my feeling is like if, if we do Zoom and there's there's definitely a good vibe, hey, maybe the follow-up could be coffee, right? So it's definitely been uh, a way to kind of, you know, 
to streamline our, the time a little bit more. So, so that's been one pivot. L leveraging LinkedIn a lot more than ever before, I, I think, and, and reaching out across the country and across to, you know, the, you know, across up the continent to, to Canada, right? And being able to broaden that scope and who you're connecting with and 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 all those things. And and I've been able to grow my LinkedIn, can, uh, you know, uh, whatever base uh, fairly, you know, strongly and continue to. And I think I think this 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 COVID situation has created some of that as well. People, I think, are more open today now than ever to, to want to connect. And so being able to kind of pivot with that and, and go with that and uh, be able to kind of grow that network a little bit more. Obviously, Cameron and I jumping on and doing this Master Connection Series LinkedIn Live show was another way that we kind of leverage LinkedIn to pivot and to kind of leverage things a bit um, as well. And I think the last thing is from a from a standpoint of the consulting work I do, I think, and some of this started before, but, you know, as you as, as I do a lot in the AI, uh, AI space, right, artificial intelligence and, and a lot of automation, I think what, you know, knowing that that is more relevant now than ever because of the way people are doing business today, uh, that has allowed us to kind of really pivot more in that direction. And, and I, I won't say capitalize on it, but really be be find ways. I mean, the way you, you, you succeed is right as you find challenges or needs and you help fill them, right? And so there's been some challenges in that area that we've been able to help fill. So I, I think it's just adapting, learning, seeing what's there. Um, some of my language uh, with with how I'm reaching out to people, both through you know the consulting stuff as well as also in regards to the networking that shifted. Obviously, and you have to pivot that way because you can't seem insensitive. Uh, reaching people, I think to, to Teresa's point, I think you said it, Teresa. Maybe Dylan said it as well. We're able to reach people differently, and I think that you know, being able to leverage that, I'm more now comfortable reaching out to people on their cell phone now than ever before. Uh, which I think prior to the pandemic, maybe was a little bit more tentative about that, but now because you know people are mostly remote, and and that's how you reach them, right? So it seems more more acceptable to go that route. So those are some of the things in the way in which that that I pivoted um, to to adapt. I love that, Steve. And I was just talking to somebody this morning about, I call when it's good for me. Obviously, I want to be considerate. I don't want to call somebody at two o'clock in the morning, but barring it being really outside of, of any kind of common boundary, if it's eight o'clock at night, listen, cell phone, business phone, if you don't want to answer the phone, you're not picking it up, right? I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get my work done. I'm going to move on. Uh, part of you know enjoying my family I can enjoy them. We can go out to the pool during the day. I get some work done at night. I get it done when I need to get it done. Uh, and, and being able to turn it off, right? That's such a common problem with work from home is not being able to turn it off, but knowing that I can turn it off and turn it on whenever I want. It's such a big, big, big deal. Um, I think we had Teresa jumping in first here. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, first, Steve, I want to say, uh, you know, he he is uh, the true deal. And uh, so connected on LinkedIn, which I love also. And then he said, uh, well, let's hop on a Zoom call. And I was like, sure. Great. Wonderful. And so we did that. And all he wanted to know is was hear about me. And yay, I got to talk about myself. That was awesome. So he really is uh, very sincere and authentic. And I, I really appreciate that. And I'm happy that I've gotten to know you, Steve. So thank you for that. Um, pivoted um, very fortunately in our business we didn't have too much pivoting to do but used to be in the restaurant business and can't even imagine being in that business today and yet 
these restaurants, boy, did they pivot and did they do a good job of that from takeout to the patios, gorgeous, gorgeous patios to um, having curbside and they just went with it. And, and uh, I, I really, my hat, my hat off to them. They really have done a well, a good job pivoting. Um, the technology business, well, they just grew and grew and grew. And I know I have a friend who's in that uh, industry and he said, you know, yeah, we had to have people work from home. And he said, very surprised, happily surprising that they were actually more productive from home. And so that ended up being a great thing. And they're probably going to have half and half, half at home and half in the office soon. But, um, you know, people working from home is not a bad thing. You can be around for your kids when they get home from school and help them out. And so uh, uh, the pivoting I've seen go on has been wonderful. And uh, people, it's amazing how adaptive people are. So uh, good on them. Yeah, I love that. We yeah. have a question from Mona saying, when do you think the world will be ready to travel? I'll answer this and, and, and folks can chime in on this, but I think there's a certain percentage of the world that is always ready to travel, no matter what, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're ready to travel into the middle of a, a tornado, into the middle of a hurricane. They're ready to travel into the disaster zone. There's, you know, we're talking percentage wise. And so Mona, I think probably the better question to ask is like, when do we expect travel to return to pre-pandemic normality? And that probably has a sad kind of answer because we know other countries are not fighting COVID the same way the United States is and some other countries that have done a really good job of getting people vaccinated. Travel is really going to depend on who you are, where you're going, what the purpose is, what the reason is. Vacation travel to spots in certain places of the world are, are, is going to be changed for, you know, potentially the next decade, just because of the fact that COVID isn't going anywhere. It's not like we're going to be able to eliminate it. If that was true, we'd be able to eliminate the flu. So you got that kind of going on. And then, you know, we have these, these, these variant strains, we have other things that are happening in the world, right? So it's not ever going to go back to the way it was, which I think is something that, you know, when you have people that are reminiscent of the way it was, I want to go back to the 50s, I want to go back to the 20s. It's never a good, never a good sign because you can't really ever go back, right? We can only move forward. That's what the show is uh, about today. So i uh, love to hear different people uh, that are in the audience comment on this, answer Mona's question. Uh, we're going to keep things going uh, with Dylan here as he jumps in. Uh, we're talking about what good, how, how have you pivoted to thrive and kind of what are you going to keep going in the pandemic? We can answer this question to Mona as well. Go ahead, Dylan. Sure. Yeah. Quickly. Thanks, Cameron. To Mona, um, I'm going to, I just booked a flight to Paris in September. I'm, I'm traveling. Um, I, I've been at home for too long. I'm getting out. Airbnbs and flights are cheap. Um, outside of that, um, how have I pivoted to thrive in this new normal? So the first thing was I opened my mind to the fact that I can do more than one thing at a time. I became an entrepreneur. Um, and that started right here on LinkedIn. Um, that's my dojo. That's what I tell everybody. And they know it's true. I exist nowhere else. And I was always on LinkedIn for years, but I was never really utilizing it for, really what it is and what it's worth. Um, and right now, this is where everybody is. Business is 
business is being done on this platform. And so I leaned in completely. And I was lucky enough when I was at the Jets that we had an agency come in, flew out of Austin up to New York for like two weeks to classically train us on the algorithms and the hashtags and the content and the outreach. And um, I don't know, I feel like I got the keys to LinkedIn. And so what I then did um, was I wanted to go and fill everybody's networking void. That was a pivot I made, right? Everybody in this pandemic, when everything was shaken up, everybody's like, okay, well, I got to reevaluate and figure out who I need to be talking to, what I should be doing next if I can't do this and et cetera. So when I connected with individuals on LinkedIn, I played the numbers game, right? If I wanted to go have a certain conversation, I can get incredibly targeted on LinkedIn and go find those people. I would connect with them. They would accept my connection. And from there, I would just shoot them a message, something very simple, very simple, probably something I sent to Steve a couple months ago along the lines of, hey, thanks for connecting. Would love to learn more. Right. I think Teresa had mentioned it about Steve. Just wanted to get on the phone and talk about you. Talk about us. I mean, I love the sound of my own voice. I love to talk about me, but that's everybody. So if you can go out and say, hey, tell me about you, your business and everything else and you can go have these conversations and not ask for anything in return. I know I'm being repetitive, but everybody's got this void to fill. If you're going to go talk and network to anybody, might as well be me because I'm not asking anything of you. And I genuinely have an interest in learning about you. So that was one way I pivoted my networking um, approach. And then also I said earlier, I shifted my sales approach as well, right? Genuine relationships is where it's at. Uh, sales are going to change, you know, in the next every year, every six months, a sales approach needs to change. But one thing that hasn't is people want to work with who they enjoy spending the time with. So if you can go out and build genuine relationships, I had that light bulb moment. I was 25 years old when this pandemic hit. And I said, you know what, if I can go make best friends for a living and just make sure they all have everything they need, well then I'll have everything I need in return. And then lastly, um, I did. I recognize the huge. I love gaps. I love tackling gaps in industries and you know solving problems. Um, everybody who knows me knows I'm not a finance guy or much of an investor. But I actually co-founded a fintech startup called Peakbot, where we've essentially automated the stock trading process for the retail investor, which just means we want to give everyday people the access to trade during the day. Right? I was. I, I never I never had the freedom to just stare at a stock chart all day. So I wanted to say, well, this is a problem. If I'm not getting the help, who is? Let's figure it out. So it's just, again, a lot of reflection happened and a lot of questions that just had been hadn't been answered for years. Well, now was the time to answer them and they got answered. So hopefully that makes sense. And I'm not rambling too long. <laughs> no, it definitely does. I love all of the innovation that's come during the pandemic. And I'm really excited to see what's coming, right? Because people have had time uh, to really focus down. So I think we have some really fun stuff coming uh, out of the pipeline from tech and, and from so many different places. You know, you go back, you look at some of these historically just amazing companies, big companies today, when were they founded? During the Great Recession, during really times of great turmoil. So it, Yes, there's some negative that comes with it, but there's a lot of positive. People have some time, they're working, they're hustling. Uh, you know, there's nothing that gets you 
um, into the right stride, like being a hungry dog and out there on a mission looking for that next thing, right? Jan, I know you want to jump in. Go ahead. Oh my gosh, so much to say. Um, I want to go back to Mona's travel question. And from the work that I do with companies, what I'm seeing is that if people are traveling again for personal travel, um, and for the most part, um, that's really where, where travel-related and hospitality brands are really thriving. Where they're having a harder time is getting companies convinced of bringing corporate travel back to the table. And so what's ultimately then shifted is the, the notion of cluster work, where companies want to encourage belonging, they want to encourage um, connection and collaboration, but they're encouraging employees to set themselves up in smaller groups that are more dependent upon where you live geographically. And getting together in smaller groups, COVID compliant, et cetera, et cetera, and so you may be sitting at your dining room table with five other people, six other people, but they may not be from the same company or they may not be from the same job function or they may be from you know, very different um, opposite ends of the, the political, not political, the professional spectrum from you. Um, but companies are realizing that there's a value for them to be able to have access to that innovative thought mindset, um, even if you're not coming to an office every day. So I'm seeing that happen a lot with companies that I've been working with. Um, one of the things that Vicki had mentioned previously about the, the millions of women that have formed their own companies, we know that net-net, two million women have left the job market altogether and are currently unemployed. And so I think through the lens of how we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, I'm also doing a lot of work in this space now, too, to help to understand, like, what really, how do we unpack to make sense of some of these trends? And for me, my entire corporate consulting work in the diversity, equity, inclusion space has pivoted from helping companies to really think through how do they further break down some of those silos. So in the past, many companies had DEI strategies that were simply like checking things off of a box. Okay, do you have your employee, employee affinity groups or your ERG groups? Check. Do I have this um, corporate social responsibility initiative in place where my employees go out and volunteer X number of hours every, every week? Check. Um, companies now are really thinking about given everything that's happened in our country in the last you know, year and a half, if not even prior to that, thinking through like, how do we embed our DEI initiatives into the larger framework and the larger strategy of our business to really drive more value for ensuring that our employees have great experiences as employees? And how do we really reframe diversity, equity, and inclusion and move it away from that checkbox approach to really having those conversations and those initiatives and the solutions be better ingrained at all different levels of the organization much more, much more holistically. One of the things that we did really well at Mayshad is that we really thought about identity, not from like, are you this binary approach where, you know, are you a millennial? Yes or no. Are you a woman? Yes or no. Um, but really to think through like all the different ways in which we show up and understanding that sometimes we are um, sometimes we are in a privileged status and sometimes we're not. And using those frameworks as starting points to launch conversations to encourage companies to really think through how are they encouraging their employees to show up as their full selves? How are they encouraging them to lean in in different ways that really drive um, a better sense of um, commitment and loyalty and tenure with the company? We know that now companies are going to go through a massive seismic shift between now and the end of the year where, you know, I've read some data that up to 95% of all professional white collar workers are thinking about leaving their jobs. 
So from an employer perspective, that's insanely costly. And so how can we, for those of us that own businesses that are in the service advisory space, help companies understand the true impact of those costs and help to mitigate some of that? So that's another way that I pivoted. Honestly, also, I think that, you know, many of the conversations we've had, I've had with professional women and men over the last year as well, really, and we've alluded to it so far in our conversation today, really about being fearless. Like, what is the worst that can happen when you reach out to someone new on LinkedIn, like Steve, who you've never met, and you start to engage in a conversation? What's the worst thing that could happen? And for those introverts out there, I know that we have some on the, on the call today, what's the worst that can happen by just reaching out and saying hi, right? And, and how can I help you? Or I'm just here if you wanna talk, or I'm really interested in you know, what your background is, or wow, you did that? Like, I'm so impressed by your LinkedIn profile, like I'd love to learn more. And I've met so many really, really incredible people and companies and organizations just by you know, doing that, that bit of outreach and, and finding those places and spaces you do wanna network in but in a way where it doesn't seem like work and it doesn't seem like networking, but it seems like something you really truly enjoy. And so that's another way that I've pivoted in the last year as well. It's like really finding more intersectionality points of commonality where I really truly want to engage as a human being, as a person, and not just because it's something I think I need to do to find my next client or my next job. I love that. And I think it's so big what you said. I was just having the conversation uh, yesterday with my daughter, um, we were talking about being shy and and just have that that whole feeling of, you know, you're in that situation and thinking about what what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you reach out to somebody, you say hello, I want to connect. What's the worst thing that get over it? Stop putting thought. Just hit that connect button. Uh, we have King Chow's checking in, and and this is all on point here with the networking thing, expanding your network, building a big uh, network on LinkedIn. Uh, this is what we talk about. This is what this show is about, right? Making these connections, building these things. We're in the new normal. Uh, one of the things that, you know, LinkedIn didn't go away and LinkedIn was was a great tool before the pandemic. Uh, and even I think more so now, I was reading an article on LinkedIn about the idea that uh, LinkedIn is is like a snowball. You know, if you get a job, you you went through everything, you, you're reaching out to people, you got a job, and then you leave LinkedIn alone, like so many of us do. Oh, that's fine. But for those folks that continue to nurse it, to to feed it, it becomes something that now is this tool and this resource that's ever expanding, providing you these different opportunities. And if I wasn't on LinkedIn during the pandemic, if I wasn't doing a show during the pandemic, Steve probably wouldn't have reached out to me uh, to put this thing together, right? If the pandemic didn't happen, we, we definitely wouldn't be doing the show for sure. And if I I wasn't ever expanding my network and he wasn't you know, open to reaching out with me, we wouldn't have met each other and we wouldn't have put this together and connected so many people. So it really is this snowball effect. So uh, getting to this question, Kikshaw says, questions, when you start building your LinkedIn network, what's a good article sharing strategy? What kind of content? How often? And what to say to yourself when you hear cricket? So I know part of the answer to this question, because you, you brought up specifically, King, you brought up uh, sharing articles. I know Steve is probably going to say something I don't enjoy along the lines of, of writing and putting things together. It's not his, his bag. That's why he puts videos up. Uh, it's, it's part of the reasons that I do a lot of video content, but I like, I like putting together some solid stuff too. 
if that's your focus, you're going to want to focus on that. There's no wrong way to interact on LinkedIn. The only wrong way is to not do it. Um, are there some smart ways to tag people and really uh, drive up participation? I, I see Dylan nodding his head. So we, we can, I don't know who wants to jump in uh, along those lines right away. Dylan said he wanted to ask, uh, answer uh, Chow, King Chow's question. Go sure. ahead, Dylan. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, I'll, and I know we all have a couple thoughts here, so I'll try and be quick. But, um, you know, when you start building your network, if, if we're going to touch on just specifically what type of content to be sharing, um, there's a couple of things. A, genuine personal content works. It wins. Nobody wants to come on LinkedIn and be sold anything. They, you're doing that already. You're in their inbox. You're already in their LinkedIn in mail. You're probably calling them. They have voicemails. They don't need to be sold. They need to come and like humanize you here on LinkedIn. You should say, yes, this is my business, but here's how I operate. Here's a little bit more about me. Become For me, I utilize LinkedIn as a place to become more relatable. So yes, here's my resume. Yes, here's what I've done. Yes, here's what I'm capable of doing in the services I have. You know that. You can find that on my website. I want to share good content that you can relate to, that I can relate to, that everybody can relate to. Just to get a take a quick step further into that as far as like the strategy, you really LinkedIn, the algorithm, it's sharp. It's sharper than most other platforms. And so I'll be honest, like here, there's a million tips and tricks you learn. One thing, external links, if you want to share an article or a YouTube video or something and you share it in your post, well, it might not get as much love. Put it in the comments just because, you know, we want to keep you here on this website, right, for obvious reasons as a business. So there's a couple tips and tricks we can get to there. How often? As often as you have something to say. Um, and the reason you're here in crickets is because you don't you haven't generated enough of your own content. All you need to do is join the conversation. If you don't really have anything to say yourself, you know what? That's okay. LinkedIn, the biggest area for opportunities is the comment section. Somebody mentioned Gary V on here before. Gary V is my guy. He's a Jets fan. I love him. I've interacted with him a few times before. Guess why? Because his videos and everything he posts is getting 10,000 likes, 42 comments. Like that's a heavy one, right? And, and that's Gary V. There's so many business owners and influencers and micro influencers who are on here creating unbelievable content. And the only thing you got to do is be the one of four people in their comment section. They're going to see it. And if you have something valuable to say, they're going to respond. Not to mention, you're calling them out in front of everybody else. <laughs> How could they not respond, right? It's right here in the comment section. So I just wanted to share that. I love that. And I'll, and I'll say this too. You know, there's a lot of folks that want to go from zero to 60 in terms of their interaction and engagement on LinkedIn. It's consistency. And so, you know, even the advice around like outside links, you know, I post a lot of different things. And so when I post a YouTube video or a link to an article, I may get more interaction on that. So it's really, I mean, I, I want to say that I, I'm backing up Dylan and what he's saying in terms of you know, LinkedIn really does a great job with the algorithm. They're really looking for interaction and engagement on the post. So if you interact, if you're getting people to respond, and we've said it before, I'll say it again, 
you know, if I put something up that's going to be relevant to Dylan or Teresa or Jan or Steve, I'm going to reach out to them in lots of different ways. I can send that post to them in uh, private chat and say, hey, can you comment on that? Once your article gets some comments on it, LinkedIn loves it and they'll send it to your second level and third level connections. And, and before you know it, you got all these people that are reaching out to you and connecting you. If you're doing this consistently, right, that you didn't have before. And, you know, if you got only 200, 300 connections, 400 connections, 500 connections, you're probably not going to get a lot of reach to begin with. So it's about also hitting that connect button and making sure that you're getting that ball, that snowball growing so that you're content is reaching more people and can be shared to more people and can be com commented on by more people because as soon as LinkedIn sees that it's being commented on and shared and liked, that's when it gets sent to second and third level connections and you're making an impact on LinkedIn. Sorry to, to, to dominate here. So I, I know that uh, I think we had uh, Jan and then Steve. Go ahead, Jan. Everything that's being said here, I'm going to take it even one step further. I love to receive personalized emails in my LinkedIn inbox. Because I don't have time often to do a lot of the content follow-up that you're mentioning. But what I do do and I find very useful is that when there's content that I really respect and admire, exactly to your point, Dylan, around the audience and the reach and et cetera, et cetera, I'll take it one step further and not just comment in the comments, but then I'll send the author of that content an email myself via in LinkedIn and then see what happens. And I find that that's a really, very useful, personalized way and not a copy and paste. So you have to write specifically for that person, because what I realized during the pandemic is that we all want to be listened to. We don't want to be talked at. We want to be listened to. And there's a big difference there. And much of the communication, particularly in LinkedIn, not just the content, but in your inbox as well. How many times have you received something you feel like you're being spoken to instead of engaged with because it's just a copy and paste? Right. And so Dylan, to your point, like I absolutely and I get dozens of these emails every day and I just delete them. Right. Because I don't want to engage with someone if it's just a copy and paste and you know when it's a copy and paste. But if I can tell that the person that I'm receiving the email from is taking the time to review my profile, to comment on something that maybe we have a common connection or we've worked in the same company or we've worked, had the same client or there's some sort of like personal affiliation where that relationship that touch point's already been established for us because then it shows that that person actually is interested enough in me as a human being to want to take it to the next level. So if you're reaching out, I highly encourage, and I started Six Figures this way. So I had a networking company called Six Figures for about seven years in Manhattan, in New York City, and I ran live events. So my expertise is I love live events. I love producing them, creating them, hosting them, et cetera, et cetera. COVID put a crimp in that plan, but that's, you know, here we are here doing the next best thing. And I, literally started that group as a six figure as a LinkedIn group. This is many, many, many years ago. So LinkedIn has changed quite a bit, but when the group's functionality was very strong, created a group and I social stock professional women on LinkedIn. Mm. I looked at their profiles. Um, I picked the most interesting ones that were really interesting to me. And I invited them to be a part of a LinkedIn group. And then six figures as a live events networking company sprung from that. But I think as you know, if you're determining like, what should my networking plan be, create that opportunity where you're identifying some sort of need out there that's aligned with who you are, what your interests are, because you want to have fun with this as well, and create those opportunities for you yourself to be seen. Comment on other people's posts, like what Dylan said, I love that, um, but also take it to the next level and follow up as well and, and engage in those conversations. 
I love that. I, I, I keep this as a running thing. The fortune is in the follow-up. It's so true uh, with every business. I can't imagine, I can't think of a business um, that it's not important to follow up with the people that you're working with, the people that work for you. Uh, the fortune is in the follow-up, taking care of people and, and chasing after those connections. Yes, it's time-consuming. <laughs> Find a way to, to figure it out, uh, whether it's sending out the cards with Teresa, whether it's a follow-up phone call using a CRM, um, whatever it is, find out that way that you can follow up with people because it makes such a big, big difference. And, you know, even just following up to connect that personal connection that everybody's talking about. You're connecting with me on LinkedIn, um, you know, make it, make it not <laughs> make, I had one guy that just reached out to me, um, recently on LinkedIn that said, this is a, a sales thing. Like the purpose of this communication is to sell you on something like, and so you know, I guess he was going for brownie points for being honest, but I didn't connect with him, you know? So, you know, like, okay, you, you made it easy for me. Right. I, I don't need, you don't want to make a personal connection. You're just trying to sell me. Thanks very much. Right. But uh, Steve, I know you wanted to jump in here and I want to, we're very close to the top of the hour here. So as you jump in here uh, and you're kind of going in uh, on, on this topic, what I love to do is sort of kind of leave what your pronouncements are for what the new normal is, right? What is the new normal and how do you move forward in it, right? What's your way, what's your thing that you recommend to folks right now uh, that they do in the next six months to a year uh, dealing with this changed environment? Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I, I think I could kind of combine both, both uh thoughts there. You know, I wanted to touch on what uh, King Chow had asked about. So number one, you got to figure out, you know, what's your, what's your personal brand? What's your identity? What do you stand for? What are you about? And then also, what are you looking to leverage LinkedIn for? Right? I mean, a lot of times people use social media as just a sort of a validation ego thing. If that's what you're here for on LinkedIn, I would recommend go to other platforms, right? It's not here for that, in my opinion. It, it's here to grow community. At least that's my perspective. I think I speak for Cameron and I, we're growing community. We want to add value. We want to be the light uh, for people. So it's number one, figure out what you want to do. Once you figure out what you do, and I think it might've been Jan in the, in the private chat here. I think Jan said, uh, or maybe it's Teresa said, be authentic. You got to be authentic. And you got to speak to what, you know, what your heart is and also speak to add value for people, right? And like Dylan said, don't try to pitch anyone. Not It's not about pitching. So, you know, again, Cameron mentioned, I, I'm not a big writer, but I do have a few blogs that I wrote uh, for LinkedIn and I value those, but I, I just found that video is a little bit more engaging. You can really get a feel for a person. You know, you could sort of look into their eyes and see, you know, what they're about and you could see and feel their sincerity. It's harder to feel that when you're, you know, doing a, um, you know, when you're writing something, okay. But I, I think as long as you have, you know, a presence and you've got an authentic, uh, you know, direction you're looking to, to portray, you'll be great. I mean, you know, video, you know, commenting, it all, it's all good. But again, why are you doing it, right? So for me, it's, it's a couple things. Number one, we're building community, right? So the more likes we get, the more opportunity is going to be to connect with other people to grow this amazing community that we're, we're building, right? So again, it's not always about likes. The crickets, you know, I, I look at LinkedIn as a, 
experiment project, so to speak, a laboratory project, right? So, you you know, I know I did a Fire Friday video this past Friday and I didn't get that many comments or, or, or views. Okay, it probably tells me that maybe the content is, isn't what speaks to people. Okay, great, lesson learned. Next time, we, we know what we wanna do, what we don't wanna do, right? So it doesn't, I don't think there's a magic formula, but you also, if you study and you look at other successful people that, that do a lot of great things on LinkedIn, you can see what they're doing and what they're getting great comments on, right? And I think in general, it's typically things that, that inspire people, that help add value for people, that make people feel good, uh, that you know that, that that kind of bring good things for people. That's really what people look for in general. Um, you know, there's several people that I follow on LinkedIn where you know you know there's a lady. Uh, uh, I think it's Melissa Bankhart. I think she does a she does she does a lot of gardening. I mean, but I guess people like it, right? So it's 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 interesting, right? Nothing to do a business, but but people are interested in it. So there's always ways that you can add value. And I think if you if you're your authentic self. That's a one way. And so to move forward in this new normal, do that, right? Be, be, find ways to really bring value and add value and do it in an authentic way. And I believe you're leveraging this, this technology that we're embracing now. If you're doing it, you're going to, you're going to thrive in this new normal. I love what Dylan said, right? He said, you know, he's able to get in contact with people and jump on calls with people. Same for me as well. People are much more open now to jump on a zoom call than they were having you come to their office or meeting them here or there or coming to your office, whatever. And so now we have that. And I believe we could leverage technology as long as we're always looking to bring value and see, you know, people want to know the with them, right? What's in it for me, right? If there's a with them, they're going to want to get together. So, so that's my, my, my message is leverage technology, but do it with an authentic ad value way. Love it, Steve. Love it. All right, we're going to go over to Dylan. Sorry, I know we're tight on time, so I'll try and be as quick as possible. How I see this new normal looking as it relates to business, I think being the question, uh, I think the Band-Aid has been ripped off of corporate America, if you will. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're going to see um, people at companies for 10 to 20 years anymore. Um, people are going to have multiple jobs, acting as consultants, coaches, etc. cetera. Um, I think there's a mindset shift in business overall. I think it's no longer, well, I shouldn't say no longer. People will be longer with this than possible. It's no longer either or mindset. There's more of an and mindset, mindset of, okay, well, if it's not my way or your way, that's okay now. Tell me yours. Go ahead, Cameron. I just, I just want to throw this in there because I think the segment's perfectly into what Christopher Brana is asking here. Do you think we've all reached a point of remote media fatigue with Zoom and Teams, et cetera, as part of the new normal? I think your answer to that right there is perfect. It's not a question of, you know, we're done with Zoom or, yeah. you know, we're only going to do Zoom. Because I think there's some people out there that are like, yep, I'm good. Zoom only. I don't need to drive anywhere. There's other people like, I can't wait to hug somebody and touch somebody and be in the same room as somebody. I think it's an and thing, right? Now we don't have to be together. I don't have to get on a plane. So business travel has changed where it's and situation and understanding that uh, so much better. Dylan, as you wrap up your answer, let people know where they can find you really quickly as well. Okay. Sure. Yeah. No, listen, I just think um, the last thing I I wanted to say is 
if you can get the job done, I think there's never a better time than to give it a try. Um, it's become less political and more collaborative. So um, just if there's anything you're thinking about doing or lean into your strengths, that's really my biggest advice. And to find me, find me on LinkedIn, find me nowhere else. But if, if not, uh, my agency's website is scgadv.com. Uh, but you can find me right here on LinkedIn, Dylan Del Rosso, full-time connector. Love it. Thank you very much, Dylan. Uh, and I just want to highlight as we go over to Jan, uh, Tina Kader says, I'm not getting a lot of engagements on my FB lives and I'm researching what will. First of all, you can question, you know, there's a lot of places to go live, right? Facebook, right? Uh, LinkedIn, like we're doing right now. Uh, I know LinkedIn for me, I get a lot more engagement because of my content. So Tina, she may want to look into that. Uh, it can be difficult if you don't already have access to LinkedIn Live, but trust me, if you keep on applying one day, one day, they may give it to you. You just got to keep on trying. That's what happened for me. Um, as you jump in, Jan, um, just talking about, you know, the approach to to content and, and what works, because I think the same can be true of live events. You know, it can be difficult to get people to show up, um, but it's finding those ways where you're lifting up people, bringing people to the forefront, uh, bringing people into the door to create something with you as somebody that's done a, quite a bit of uh uh, fundraising and, and, and all this kind of stuff. I know you got some, some input on that. Yeah, Tina, I have, I have a recommendation for you. So I use Facebook for personal purposes in the sense of sharing photos about who I am as a person, because I find like you, like for work, Facebook has not been beneficial for me because I'm not able to drive the engagement because people are on Facebook because they want to see, you know, who you are and what you like to do and what you like to eat and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think LinkedIn is a much better place to engage personally, but like, as we've been mentioning, like it does take some effort, but there's a way to bridge it. Right. And so, so now we're in this world where we're all living and working literally and figuratively under the same roof, where there isn't a lot of separation between work and home and fun and play and joy and et cetera, et cetera, because we're also all kind of one big mosh mesh pet hit. <laughs> um, so I use Facebook as a way to keep people up to date with who I am as a human being, which is a part, of course, of your personal brand, and then ensure that that same network that's on my Facebook group is also a part of my LinkedIn community as well. And then that's where I feed the, the professional content. And I find that, you know, be really effective at one platform. You don't have to be on every platform, but pick Pick one professional platform and pick one personal platform and see where you can make the connections. And I'm happy to talk more about that offline as well. I think, I honestly think that we're not in this new normal yet. I think we're still evolving. I think that depending upon where you live across the world or even here in the US, there's still a lot about COVID and the variants that we don't know yet. And so I think that the dust has not yet settled. With that said, I think that, you know, all of the trends that we've been talking about here today in terms of remote work, in terms of innovation, in terms of the technologies are here to stay. I think it's really important for all of us to implement better time management skills around how we separate all that out because Zoom fatigue, yes, is a very, very, very real thing. And there's a lot of research and data that showed the, the effects of digital addiction even before COVID. And so now just imagine what it's done to us now that we're in COVID and have been operating this way for many, many months and over a year, in fact. Um, so I would say, you know, be on Zoom when you need to be on Zoom. And, and don't forget the value of the old-fashioned phone call. I can't tell you the number of really, really good conversations I've had just picking up. And I guess we're not dialing numbers anymore, but picking up the phone and actually calling someone because it's something different, right? And it's almost like a relief for some people to hear, oh, my gosh, you want to do a, a telephone call as opposed to a Zoom? I'm all in. Um, so be flexible with that. 
I think also, you know, and Steve mentioned this as well, is that you are your personal brand. And no matter if you're a corporate executive or a business owner or entrepreneur trying to reinvent and pivot, like that's even more so now important than ever is to figure out how to stay fresh and relevant and current in your space. And for particularly for people that are thinking about reinventing and doing something very different from what they've done in the past, make sure not to leave your professional history and heritage behind in the sense of who you are. Because I have found that during the course of my career, really being able to tell the story of what are all the wonderful parts that make you who you are today lends itself really nicely for how you stay remembered in people's minds. And that's all about your personal brand. So don't forget that as you reinvent and pivot and find your new normal and your new comfort zone to make sure to also talk about your past because that makes you so much of a stronger person to be competitive in, in whatever you choose to do next. Love it, Jan. And just real quickly, uh, obviously people can touch base with you on LinkedIn, but uh, if you want them to go someplace else. I love LinkedIn. Please, please, please reach out and contact me on, on LinkedIn. It's Jan Mercer Doms and I'm happy to continue the conversation. Jan, you're awesome. Thank you. We're going over to Teresa. All right. Well, really quickly, because I know we're short on time. So agree with so much of what Jan said. I really feel Facebook is more for personal LinkedIn. I love for business. And I think it is a great platform. Um, I think you have to remember it needs to be memorable. It needs to be measurable. It needs to be personal. It needs to be relevant to that person. And uh, I think it has to add value. And people are, are one thing about all of this is people are really looking for new ways to be relevant, new ways to find business. So because they're open to that, um, I think LinkedIn is a great platform for that. Um, I just want to say thank you so much, Cameron and Steve. This has been wonderful. And you can reach me also on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn and that would be great. Thank you. You're amazing, Teresa. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was wondering just uh, real briefly, if you had a sort of an answer or somebody that's also raised a lot of money, you know, contributed, volunteered, for mm -hmm. for Tina Kadish, who's talking about getting more interaction and engagement, because I think you're utilizing some of those same muscles. What, what do you think would be a good tool for getting more engagement, more participation? Oh, well, I think that as much as I want to go back to normal, we are in this new normal, which, uh, you know, just because I want it that way doesn't mean it's going to. You have to find, again, find different ways to do things. For example, um, a friend of mine did to raise money a uh, for a great charity a 50 50 on on facebook live and she raised a lot of money and it was surprising how much she raised just just a simple i love the kiss rule keep it simple uh no you know not getting into all the door prizes etc 50 50 they got half the money and it was a good chunk of change yeah, make it simple, yeah. make it easy. Folks yeah. can understand it. They can participate in it. I think that's such a big, big deal. You get these emails and it's just like, you want to be considerate. You want to, but if I got to spend a half an hour just figuring out what you're asking me to do, <laughs> I, I might not be so excited about participating. Steve Spiro, close us out here, brother. Absolutely. Well, this has been a fantastic show. And uh, Dylan, uh, Jan, Teresa, of course, my main man, Mr. Cameron, you guys rocked it out. Really appreciate it. And I, I think we really uh, I think we really hit home. Uh, I, I really believe that uh, we inspired a lot of people to really believe that we can move forward in this new normal. Uh, whether you want to say it's new normal, we're, we're about to hit the new normal. There's some kind of new normal, whatever it is. 
you just got to learn how to just adapt and you need to you need to really just look at it on the bright side. Right. Yeah. We may have a variant coming. We'll get through it. Right. This country, we made it through 9-11. We've made it through all the tough times. Right. We are an amazing nation. And I, I say that, including Canada, our friends up up north in the great white north. Right. You guys are amazing as well. And we are we are a, 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 a people that are here to thrive. And so, again, I say it all the time. It's our turn to be the light. Let's go out and inspire people. Let's go make sure that we're we're encouraging people uh, as we get through this this next phase. It's going to be another challenge, uh, I, I'm sure, but that's okay because you know through all adver- through through the through the through every adversity lies a seed of equal or greater benefit, and that's uh, uh, Dale Carnegie, not Dale Carnegie, uh, Andrew Carnegie. Nope, uh, Andrew Carnegie as ways up by um, uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. So. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate you guys. Uh, Cameron, thank you again for being the man that uh, makes all the magic happen behind this behind the curtain. We really appreciate you, sir. Could not do this without you. So blessed to have you as my co-host here. Thank you again for everything, sir. Thank you, sir. So we're going to do our, our crush it piece here. Uh, we got people, lots of, of uh, great comments coming in. Lots of thank yous. Uh, lots of appreciation here. We appreciate you. This show would not be the same without your comments. You power us up. You energize us. You are our fuel. Uh, I just want to say this is, is my parting gift, my my piece. You cannot change the world. We can we can do our part to change the world, right? But we can't change everybody in the world. You can't change who your neighbor is. You can only change who you are. And by doing that, by making yourself a better person, getting yourself a better morning routine. That was uh, Steve's uh, last week's Fired Up Friday, right? The 5 a.m. club, getting that morning routine, getting yourself to be more knowledgeable, building a, a bigger network. By doing that, you can change the world. You can't change what the weather's going to be. Uh, you can't do it all alone. You can't do it by yourself. But by making yourself better, uh, you can uh, structure your brain in a way that's ready for all the negative stuff to be thrown at you during the day. You structure your body, uh, put the good things into your body to fight off uh, some of the stuff, including a vaccine, right? We can do those things. You can change yourself. Uh, and that, it in fact changes the world for the better. So that's what we try to do. We try to be the light. We try to change ourselves. Uh, this is amazing for Steve and I to do this show. We learn so much. Uh, we appreciate it. So Steve's going to lead us off here. We do this thing. Five. Here we go, Steve. We got it. Five, four, four three, three, two, one. Crush it. So we're going to go out there and crush it. Everybody, thank you. Share this out. If you're tuning in on the replay, hit that hashtag replay. Share this out with your friends and family. We'll see you next week. We have an amazing show on Monday, August 2nd. We have more productivity in half the time with Don Wetmore and our personal fan favorite of mine, Teresa Cifali. We are looking forward to it. Steve, I don't know if you want to mention anything real quickly. Just, I just think it's going to be incredible. If you, you know, we were talking about the new normal, right. And, and time management and, and, and fatigue and all this stuff, a lot of stuff coming at us. This is going to be a great show. If you really want to know how to, you can't manage time because time goes on. It's 24 seven, but you can manage your events and your calendar and it's going to be an incredible show. So don't miss it. Love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Jan. Thanks so much. Dylan, thank you so much. Here we go. Signing out. LinkedIn, we are going to fire up your Monday. With Steve Spiro, the Master Connector. I am Steve Spiro, the Master Connector. Over the next hour of this Master Connection series, 
we will take a deep dive into the different ways to connect and network effectively. See us and hear us right now. So LinkedIn, we are on here. We're getting ready. Hear from experts along with Steve Spiro, who went from being shy and introverted to the master connector.